Morning, everyone. Happy last day of Boris Johnson. And welcome to the News Agenda with me, Fleet Street Fox. And today I'm joined by Britain's longest serving political reporter, Nigel Nelson, who writes both the Sunday Mirror and Sunday People. Good morning, Nigel. Hey. There he is. <laughs> uh, 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 thank you, everyone. This is the People's Pay-Per-View. So get into the comments, ask us your questions. We'll do our best to answer them for you. Those of you listening later on podcast will just have to commission your own legal advice and claim it's all a witch hunt, won't you? Now, so what have we got today? Well, the mirror has splashed on Liz Truss's revelation yesterday that she has an energy plan, honest, but you don't know him. He goes to a different school. She told the BBC yesterday it's still a week away from being announced in terms of the detail, which means that, of course, there's briefings all over Fleet Street to political reporters who all appear to have heard slightly different things about what's actually in it. Now, Nigel, you've seen umpteen parties and umpteen governments, probably a few energy crises too, I don't doubt. Does she have a plan or is there a lot of, I don't know, kite flying going on to see which possible plan actually gets the, the public pick up? Well, she seems to have a plan in the sense that uh, she's trying to freeze energy bills. Now, exactly how it'll work or be paid for is far more complicated. Um, so I think it's the right it's the right way to go. This is a Keir Starmer idea uh, to actually freeze prices. It's important she gets that in before October the 1st, when bills will go up to three and a, three and a half thousand pounds on average. Um, the tricky bit is how she actually pays for the thing. Now, uh, the Keir Starmer way of doing it is to increase the windfall tax, um, cancel the £400 we're all due to, due to get shortly, uh, and also to uh, recoup some money from debt interest payments because freezing prices means that inflation will go down. So interest, pay interest payments would be lower. Um, the other plan that's on the table, and probably one that uh, Liz Truss will, will actually be tempted to go towards because it gets her money back, is a huge bung to the energy companies. Um, and then what happens is either you, you pay that money back through uh, taxation, uh, which obviously she's, she's against. She wants to lower taxes rather than raise them. And the other way of doing it is for uh, the energy companies to recoup the money through our bills over the next 20 years. The problem with that scheme is that it means that the next generation is lumbered with the emergency that we've got at the moment. So the kind of money the company you're talking about is about, about 320 quid a year per household for the next 20 years. It's a lot of money. Exactly. And also, it, it's our money she's lending them that we're then having to repay the government over time, because even though it's our money, which is... Exactly. Yeah. And you're talking about uh, sort of £100 billion. That's the kind of cost it would be uh, to freeze prices. Now, she might lower that a bit by targeting it. So um, she'll, she'll go for, for people who are poorer. Um, however, there's a problem with targeting because obviously somewhere along the line there's a margin and if you fall just the other side of it, um, you can find, find yourself in real trouble. Yeah, and if it's, if it's as we're hearing that it's like people earning less than £62,000 a year who might be in some kind of energy stress, everyone under that level, that's very middle class income family households then you're potentially, you know, you're you're subbing some very nice big houses 
for their energy costs, which isn't a, necessarily a, a great look either. Um, but I suppose, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? Josh says there that um, she's going to buy us all two kettles. That'll help. I don't think, I'm not sure it would, Josh. Um, I've been walking around turning everything off in the house that's not in use and trying to work out whether it's a kettle or the microwave. It's the cheapest way to boil a cup of tea. Now, Mary Angela says she was at that infamous party and denied it. How on earth can she be trusted as she lacks integrity? Which party is this, Nigel? I didn't hear that Liz Truss was at a party. Is this That's a new one on me? Uh, uh, Mary obviously, obviously has some uh, information that we don't have. Or has misheard something on the internet, which is also possible, isn't it? Let's face it. Now, the big thing we're being told about Liz Truss's plan is that we're being told to wait another week for it, which will get us into mid-September. And bigger bills are due to hit from October the 1st, as Nigel said. Now, the civil service has been preparing all these different options, we've been told. Uh, the chancellor, for now, Nadim Zahawi, has done the sums. They're on the desk, ready for the new head teacher when she starts work. But it does take time for whatever gets decided to actually be put in place and then have an impact, doesn't it, Nigel? So I suppose the question is, can anything usefully be done between September the 5th and October the 1st? And does that extra week, on, or even the many weeks we've had with the Tory leadership brouhaha all summer, does that time make a difference to what they can get in place in time? It depends what she actually does. Um, I mean, she'll certainly, whatever happens, she'll have to get her skates on to, to meet the October the 1st deadline. Um, so what, what I would imagine will happen is we'll hear some kind of outline of what she's doing, probably at Prime Minister's Questions, I'd have thought, on Wednesday. Uh, then how quickly that can be put in place will rather depend on where she gets the money from. Now, she's either going to borrow it or use reserves or whatever. But yes, I mean, she could um, uh, give the energy companies a huge loan and do that reasonably quickly. Uh, the trouble is she's also promising an emergency budget on top of all this. Now, that won't come in until much later in the month. By that time, it would be too late. So she's got to do something before the emergency budget. Then she's going to have to explain how she will pay for the tax cuts that she's been wedded to throughout the campaign. Um, I mean, that, that in, in, its, in itself uh, sort of shows um, the, the, the lack of kind of understanding of the current situation. She started the campaign promising tax cuts because that's what appeals to the 160,000 Tory members who, who were voting. Um, but now she's stuck with it uh, and really that the energy crisis is much more urgent mm. yet she's got to carry out that promise so yes. there is a big question about how where the money is coming from this is why the whole thing may have been a bit of a disaster I reckon because it, like you said they started out trying to appease 160,000 conservative members who want fox hunting tax cuts less NHS whatever but she's ending it inevitably where they always knew they were going to be ending it with 67 million people going, we don't want that. Uh, and in fact, there's a lot of Tory voters who um, are now talking about nationalisation of energy industries and handouts and subsidies, all the kind of things which they criticised Labour for in the past. And I just wonder whether, you know, we're actually seeing when there's lots of talk about Truss and Thatcher, how she's the new Thatcher. But Thatcher came in after some of the disasters of the 1970s that were presided over by Labour governments, and so got to pick up the pieces. Liz Truss is coming into power 
in the middle of the disasters that were set and trained by previous conservative governments. So she's not she's not in the position of being able to pick up any pieces or fix stuff because she's still got to deal with a crisis, hasn't she? It's not going to... I don't know. I just can't see it going well for her, even if she was a genius. No, I, I, I think that any prime minister coming in at the moment would, ha, would, ha, would have difficulties, uh, whoever they are. And you're absolutely right. I mean, the difference, the difference there is uh, Margaret Thatcher believed in that the free market would solve absolutely everything. And as a result, she then privatised all the, uh, the public utilities. And look where we are. And look where we are. I mean, that's one of the reasons we are, we are where we are. Um, I mean, I think like you that that public services ought to be in public control. This is something that the that the government needs to actually run themselves. Now, everyone points to things like British Rail. Wasn't it a disaster when the government was in charge? Well, not totally. Um, and it doesn't mean just because some other companies didn't work in the past, they couldn't work in the future. But yes, we, we should own essential public services. I mean, certainly uh, the trains, the buses, uh, energy, water, all those things should be in public control because it means the government would not be dealing with, with, the, with profit, which is what the privatised industries are looking for all the time. Exactly. And they're taking stuff out of the system to go and pay someone else off and it's not going back in. Uh, now, keep asking us your questions, everybody. What do you think about Liz Truss's plan that may not be a plan that might be a plan that we don't know? She's not going to tell us about it yet. Do you think she should be telling us about it? What do you think should be in the plan? Do you have faith in her? Let us know. William says Boris Johnson will be a permanent stain on conservatives forever. There's no going back. Uh, there's the suggestion that the skid mark that was left by Boris Johnson is going to taint uh, Liz Truss as well. Who knows? But I did see um, one talking of public ownership of stuff, Nigel. I did see one tiny story in the Sunday papers that hasn't had much pickup yet, which was about one of the last carbon dioxide plants in the country, um, which is at risk of shutting down this winter because the energy costs of producing carbon dioxide are so bad. And I vaguely recall during the pandemic, there were suggestions that the carbon dioxide plants would get shut down. And that was going to cause a disaster because you can't package food, because you can't make drinks, because it's used in so much other stuff. Um, and there's a sort of a campaign to get the government to help them out because we used to have two carbon dioxide plants. One went in the pandemic. We've got one left. Uh, and the government is saying, um, no, no, they can sort themselves out. We've got some other alternative sources of carbon dioxide if we need it sort of thing. And they don't seem too alarmed. Um, but it's that kind of tiny, unknown, I suppose, unconsidered aspect of modern life that we could have should have perhaps some kind of public ownership of but they don't seem to have a plan for these little things they can maybe have a plan for the energy bills but what happens if they ideologically don't want to bail out a carbon dioxide company for example well then, then we run out of carbon dioxide and we, we're facing yet another crisis um and i think that the that one of the problems that we're not addressing because because families are so worried about their own bills um, we're not thinking enough about the problems that business is facing. Now, of course, that energy doesn't isn't capped for businesses. I mean, there was a tweet knocking around I, uh, I saw over the weekend, and this was a guy who runs a, a very small restaurant, just 24 covers, and he's just had his new electricity bill in, and it's gone up from uh, uh, nearly 3,000 a year to 22,000 a year. <laughs> 
that's more than his rent, more than, than often he yeah. takes. Um, now, what's going to happen is businesses like that are going to go out of business. So it doesn't matter whether you're, you're in the, um, the hospitality trade, the carbon dioxide trade. You've also got to start thinking about what we can do to actually help businesses. Otherwise, this trust is sort of great promises of economic growth. Just go out the window. No. Have you heard anything about whether there is going to be a cap on business energy costs? Well, I, I think I think you're going to have to do something to help them too, because so many will go to the wall otherwise. Um, but no, I mean the, the, you're absolutely right. We still don't know know um, or anything really about the plan that she might have. During the the uh, the leadership campaign, she had plenty of chances to say, "Well, I think I might do this or I might do that." At least give us a sense of direction. But she steered away from the whole thing completely. So she banged on about tax cuts, nothing about about how to deal with the the current emergency. Now, as she walks into number 10 tomorrow, that's the first thing in her in-tray that she's got to deal with. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, I mean, I can understand her not wanting to say anything too detailed because she hasn't she's not in number 10 yet. And, you know, she's still got to look at everything and see how things pan out. But it's the anxiety that it causes the worry, not just in domestic households, but businesses as well, because there are businesses who are thinking, well, I could stay open and pay the energy bill if I lay off some staff. And they will have started that process by now because they're getting those direct debits in, like you say. And by the time October the 1st rolls around, when a lot of them are renegotiating their energy bills anyway, um, people will have already been laid off or the, the, the process of redundancy will have started. Other companies who don't want to lay people off will be mothballing bits or shutting down bits or cutting costs elsewhere or even closing down to avoid bankruptcy. So there's stuff already happening. And the delay, I'm sure, will have just made it worse than it, than it needed to be. Yeah, that's, I think that's absolutely right. Um, and the, the problem we've had is that, that an eight-week eight Tory leadership contest couldn't really have come at a worse time. Uh, so what it's meant is that we've lost two months where this could have been sorted out. Now, Boris Johnson didn't feel he could intervene on anything to do with finance because he couldn't tie his successor's hands. And from a political point of view, I can understand that. Labour wanted Parliament recalled to get a move on and do something about it. Mm. Um, and it may well be that had that happened, we wouldn't be in the situation we are now. I can see it from Boris Johnson's point of view, that it's very difficult to say, right, I'm going to spend this amount of money and the next prime minister will just have to lump it. Um, so it, it, it caused a problem. But it, but really, we shouldn't we shouldn't have had such a long leadership contest uh, because what they really need to do is knuckle down and solve the problems they're facing. Exactly. I mean, this problem has been, we knew this was coming since Putin invaded Ukraine, which was end of February, beginning of March. We knew that since the sanctions hit that he was going to hit back. And a large chunk of what's happening, and gas prices this morning went up, trading prices went up 28% when trading opened this morning, just because of um, him shutting down the pipeline in, into Germany, Nord Stream 2. So we knew this was coming. Although Boris Johnson isn't able to saddle his successor with big debts and so on, the constitutional side of this says that as a caretaker prime minister, he is able to deal with a national emergency of some sort. Now, I would suggest that if, if things are so bad, <clears throat> someone on triple the average salary is going to be in fuel poverty this winter, then that is an emergency and that is a crisis and it is something he could have done. He could have sat down with Liz and Rishi and they could have agreed between them 
at least some of the, the basic measures, if not the big headline ones, because Liz and Rishi were, were quite opposed, weren't they, and how they were going to pay for things. But they could have agreed some of the basics. He could have moved stuff further down the train line towards the station so it was easier for his successor to get it in. We wouldn't have had all this worry and all this nail-biting. Why didn't he do a bit more? Or did he do stuff that we didn't see? No, I don't think he did anything at all. He seemed to go on holiday. Um, <laughs> but the, but um, the real problem, I think, lay with Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss. And that, and that just shows the, uh, the, the bigger problem that is the Tory party. They couldn't agree on anything. Um, I mean, it was almost as if that they came from completely different parties and they were fighting a, a general election campaign. So you're right that, it, that, um, that there was an opportunity whereby the three of them could have sat down and worked out something between them. But there was so much animosity between Truss and Sunak that just wasn't possible. And it just shows that when politicians constantly tell us, oh, it's not about personalities, it's actually about policies. Um, that's complete nonsense. It is about personalities. It's very much ab about how people rub along with each other. And quite clearly, Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss couldn't do that. So we are where we are because they can't get along. Well, perhaps that shows as well why we didn't get any, any clearer plan between February and now, before Boris Johnson left it, between February and July, because the cabinet was full of people who just really couldn't agree with spending and taxing and everything else because they're just so massively opposed on this stuff. And maybe that's fed into it as well. Now, keep asking your questions, everybody. How's your energy bill looking? Are you happy with how it's how things are panning out? Uh, what do you want Liz Truss to do in her first week in office? Let us know. Get into the comments. But first off, uh, there is on pages six and seven, the first of many, many roundups of Boris Johnson's legacy as he leaves office. Exactly 1000 days since winning a landslide general election, which should have kept him safe for a decade. Now, all the things on those pages there, levelling up Brexit, COVID, spending, the economy. He's getting ones and twos out of five on all of it, which some would say, well, you can expect that from the mirror. They're never going to be favourable for him. But... They've given him four out of five on helping Ukraine and null point on disgracing the office of prime minister. Now, we've yet to see the gold wallpaper. It does sound like he might have disgraced the flat above the shop as well. But Nigel, how does he rate as a prime minister for you compared to all those you've seen and watched and interviewed over the years? Is he really as bad as all that? Uh, yes, he is as bad as all that. Um, I, I go back to, to Margaret Thatcher. That's when I first went into Parliament. Um, and he is, without doubt, the worst prime minister in living memory. Uh, and I think that the, the, the scorecard that the Mirror has given him this morning is absolutely right. Now, um, as far as his legacy goes, really the only thing he can claim is that he did take Britain out of Europe. I don't think that was a good thing, um, but it was the it was the democratic choice uh, of the British people, so we all have to live with that. Yet this, his promise to get Brexit done just hasn't happened. We still have Northern Ireland hanging over us, and that was because they never gave enough thought to what happens to a part of the UK that has a land border with the EU, and a land border that, that is so contentious, it's got to be kept open to stop violence returning to Northern Ireland. These are the kind of things that he should have been thinking about all the way through and didn't, and now he's left the, it left the problem now for his successor. 
Yeah, and it's it's kind of it's the Brexit that we've got, I suppose, is the issue of the legacy rather than whether or not um, it actually happened. Now, Jason says he was the worst in history. I never voted for him. Thank God. <sighs> did anyone out there did vote for him? Get into the comments. Let us know. Are you happy with the way he's gone? Are you happy with what he's done? What do you think of his legacy? Because there are plenty of people who are going to be kicking it for the next few days. Um, now, we... It's going to be the next few days are going to be very interesting. So the new uh, leader of the Conservative Party will be announced today at lunchtime, I think, isn't it, Nigel? Yeah, 12.30. And then uh, who knows after that? Liz Truss gets to go and sit down. Boris Johnson packs again. Uh, Carrie finishes steaming off the gold wallpaper. And then tomorrow morning, about 8.30, Boris Johnson is going to give a short speech in Downing Street before he gets on the official plane and flies to Palmyra to say goodbye to the Queen. And I'm sure she's not going to be too upset at seeing him go because it was an interesting three years from her perspective wasn't it uh, and then he makes his own way home or wherever he's going at that point clears off to the Bahamas who knows and then Liz Truss who has to make her own way to Balmoral because she's a private citizen she goes and sees the Queen and uh, is invited to form a government and then she gets the official plane back down again and starts work when she lands in Downing Street later on uh, tomorrow afternoon. So I suppose the full first full day in the office will be Wednesday, Nigel. Are we expecting anything from her? Obviously, it's PMQ she's going to be doing first. But are we expecting any big announcements when she when she gets her feet under the table? No, I think that the, that, that she will give us a bit, a bit of a, a sense of direction on how um, she's going to pay for energy costs. Uh, but certainly Wednesday, I mean Tuesday, obviously has taken up going backwards and forwards to Scotland. Uh, Wednesday, she's going to have to prep uh, for Prime Minister's questions because that will be a key thing for her. And it'll be interesting to, interesting to see exactly how she performs at that because um, Labour were putting it about quite cleverly that the person they feared most was uh, Liz Truss. Actually, the person they feared most was, was Rishi Sunak. Rishi Sunak would have been much better at something like Prime Minister's questions. Liz Truss is very bad in debate. She's quite good at answering straightforward questions, although some of the answers are a bit bizarre when she slagged off Nicola Sturgeon and Emmanuel Macron, who she's going to have to get on with one way or another. Uh, but when it comes to, to facing Keir Starmer, I think that she will struggle hugely because she doesn't seem to actually think on her feet terribly well. So Wednesday, Wednesday at noon, when uh, she gets to her feet, Keir Starmer does his forensic cross-examination. That's going to be really interesting. And she has got to put on a decent performance for her own backbenchers, because bear in mind, only a third of Tory MPs actually voted for her. If Tory MPs had had their way, it would be Rishi Sunak popping up to Balmoral tomorrow uh, and not Liz Truss. Exactly. And there's been talk in the papers as well. We've got to move on to some other stuff. There's some talk in the papers at the weekend about Boris fans uh, in the Tory party, the MPs, planning even now a vote of no confidence her by Christmas if she doesn't pull it out of the hat pretty rapid. So she's yes, got a lot to deal with, isn't she? That was my story in the Sunday Mirror. Um, and yes, that, 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 uh, that, uh, that, that's what, what seems to be going on. I think they're mad, by the way. I mean, the idea that you can bring Boris back, even if he thinks so, doesn't seem to be a go. But it is genuine. You're talking about uh, a dozen Tory MPs uh, plotting now about how they can get rid of Liz Truss, bring Boris Johnson back as Prime Minister, 
And as a result of that, they intend to start putting letters of no confidence in from this week. Now, um, they, it'll probably take a while to actually reach the 54 letters needed to trigger a vote of no confidence. Um, but certainly they're, they're trying. As I say, I think it's a completely madcap scheme. Why on earth they should want to go back, back to Boris Johnson just after we've got rid of him is beyond me. But certainly that's what's happening. It shows just how fractured the Tory party is. Yeah, and of course every party ends up helping the other one get into power with this kind of stuff as well. Boris Johnson helped Labour immeasurably when he beat Jeremy Corbyn in 2019. Thanks, Boris. Uh, anyway, we do have some, some other things to move on to. So get into the comments. We'll try and have a roundup of comments later on if we've got any left over. Let us know what you think about Liz Truss becoming Prime Minister, about Boris Johnson maybe coming back. What do you think should be done about energy bills? Obviously, everybody wants a handout, but have you got any practical suggestions? Uh, and in the meantime, there is some good news for everybody in the world, the entire world this time. We found it for you. Here it is. Now, in the past week, there's been lots of news about space rockets ready for launch, leaking, ready for launch again, and then wheel back to the garage for a refit. It's all been a bit depressing if you like space exploration. But NASA has got something to take off, finally, in the shape of a £290 million probe, which is perhaps literally the most expensive way to burn fuel this autumn, uh, because it's going to be flung at four miles a second into an asteroid to see if we can nudge it out of orbit. Um, it's on the bottom left of that page there. Uh, now, Nigel, is this proof, do you think, that there is a there is at least a higher intelligence out there looking out for us and trying to avert disaster? Does it make you feel warm and happy inside? Well, they've been, they've been trying this for years. That um, uh, I did a lot of stories about asteroid near misses uh, a few years back. And uh, what, I, what I was horrified to discover is just how many bits of rock out there come really close to us. And of course, if a big one hits, um, we're all doomed. I mean, rather like the dinosaurs seem to have disappeared because of, a, of an asteroid. So they, they've been trying various different things. And one of the things they thought about was, can we get a rocket up there to knock something out of the way that's coming straight at us? Uh, maybe you use sort of nuclear bombs or something like that. But it was they just use a... Bruce Willis. I know he's retired now, isn't he? Well, but exactly. There's been plenty of sort of science fiction stuff about this. But these these kind of plans are on the drawing board. So, yeah, I actually think this is a, a piece of good news. What it will show is, first of all, can we hit the thing, if we can get the rocket there to give it a good a good bang? If indeed we can nudge it out, out the way the, this way, it might protect us from Armageddon in the future. Um, but some of these things are coming, coming at us, uh, and they actually pass really closely in cosmic terms. Yeah, and they, they come an awful lot. But perhaps it's the real end times, Nigel, and what they'll actually do is knock it back onto a collision course with Earth. And that's, that'll be how we all end. I mean, I think some of us would welcome it these days. Come friendly asteroid and fall on Boris. Now, Jason says, I'd sooner be going to the moon than deal with this government. Uh, well, Jason, you're pretty much there. I think I think that's a good good, good comment to end it on for the day. Uh, thank you, Nigel, for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for taking part. Uh, if you get a copy of the Daily Mirror today on page 18, you can cut out a voucher for a free family trip to a National Trust property. You get something free in the mirror all the time. It's fantastic. It's worth the money. Uh, if you're listening later on podcast, uh, please leave us a review so other people can find us. Thank you very much. And we'll see you all again on Wednesday for another edition of the News Agenda in the Brave News world of Liz Truss.